Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stable and Able Podcast. We are your hosts, Karen and Brenda, coming to you from beautiful Bolton, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> How are you guys all today? I'm great. How are you doing, Case? I'm, I'm acting like there's like 100 people in the room right now. Well, really, it's 121. Oh. <laughs> And they're all in her head. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Evil. Yeah. Before we start today's episode, we want to give a trigger warning. Um, the subject matter we're going to be covering is difficult. And it may be triggering and upsetting to some people listening to it or other people that may be in the room if you're playing it. So uh, today's subject is on trauma bond. The trauma bond. Term developed by two psychologists, George Dutton and Susan Painter. Thank you, George and Susan. Yes, thank you. So let's, I just want to do a little bit of a check-in. How are you today? I'm really good. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm excited about this particular episode. I'm excited about all our episodes, but um, yeah, I'm doing very good. How about you, Case? Um, I'm coming out of, coming out of a, a weird time like I wish I could be like I'm fantastic <laughs> but I'm okay like you know I'm okay like I mean I, I could do what we're taught to do which is say I'm fine yes what is that uh fine fucked up insecure neurotic and something yeah else but it's not Pathetic? really fine no. no but it's not really <laughs> fine <laughs> no yeah. it's not um, so I'm going to try not to do that. I'm not going to belabor it or feel sorry for myself and stuff. But to be honest, um, I've been kind of up and down this summer with my PTSD, with, um, my bipolar, I've been cycling quite a bit and I've been having a lot of physical pain, uh, just related to my, my body not being happy with past injuries and, uh, fibro. So, you know, and I just, after saying that, I'm like, nee, nee, nee. like, I feel like a big whiner saying all that. No, you're not. You're telling your truth. This is how you've been feeling. And this is the honesty around bipolar PTSD and all that comes along with it. So talk to it. Yeah. And I think the big part is like what you do with that. Right. Because, you know, I just, uh, I, I think I just need to get up and get on with the day and do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. And if I need to take it easy. I do. If I feel better that day and I can do stuff, but I just can't let myself sink. Yeah. There's no room for that. No, I don't, I don't play that. Right. So, and you know, now that I talk more about how I feel, I generally feel better. My pop, my outlook is, I guess that's the thing. My outlook is positive. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. So always, I will say I'm fine or I will say how it is, but then I'm like, but I'm good. Cause you'll ask yeah. me and I'm like, I'm good, not good, good. Right. No, no, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not great. I'm not doing well. I'm, or uh, could be better. All of the above. All of the above. And it's driving me crazy because, you know, I don't, I hate it. But anyway, that's my, that's my long, and you know, how are you feeling today? Fine. You got the opposite of fine. But I am fine. Yeah, you are fine. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what. Stanley, my husband, loves about you. He loves many things about you, but he loves about you is your positivity. Oh. It comes across all the time. And, and I love Stan too. Yeah, you know, but you're you're bubbly, you're fun, you're even when you're not feeling your greatest, you you try. And Thank and that's you. that's a wonderful thing. Well, and it's hard to do. Yeah, it's but same with do. you. 
I think something that you guys like that has changed between Brenda and I over the years, especially from the family we've come to, I, I don't hope you're okay with me speaking on this, but we both said we're open books here. Yeah. But our, we come from a family where you don't talk about how you feel. Right. Unless you are like the head of the family kind of thing. And then you, you trauma dump all over, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're supposed to, you know, um, just meet, re- meet their needs. Right. But we can't say shit if our mouth was full. Right. Well, we're not supposed to say anything, or if we do say something, their issue or their problems are worse. Yeah, exactly. It's one-upmanship, and then you get to a point that you just don't even want to talk about what's going on with you. And everything is in the family. You don't talk about anything outside of the family, so you learn just to not talk about it. So Brenda's 11 years older than me, so you were just a little one when I was born. Yeah. And... So she was, you know, like my aunt, but, you know, like a big sister kind of thing. So you didn't want to tell me your shit as you were going up. And mm-hmm. then I kind of learned not to say stuff. And mm-hmm. But if anybody I could talk to and check into or tell how I felt to the, my best of my ability, how I was taught, it was you and my dad. So that's why, I mean, and now you open up to me, which is crazy. And this is how this all got started because we just sort of one day went, why are we holding back on shit anymore? Yeah, it's evolved. Right? It's evolved. Like we, we've done the full turnaround. Yes. And, uh, it's great. And so this is kind of how this podcast got started. Cause we're like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's just talk, learn, um, educate, whatever. Yes. Share. Yes. Okay. So now that I've gone on my little tangent, um, <laughs> let's talk about the trauma bond. Really, really, really important subject. Very important subject. The term trauma bond, as I mentioned earlier, was developed by the two psychologists, George Dutton and Susan Painter. Um, it's an emotional bond with an individual, a recurring cyclical pattern of abuse, a connection between an abusive person and the individual they abuse. Case, who's at risk and what happens during this trauma bond? Well... An abuser uses manipulation tactics and cycles of abuse, like you mentioned, to make the victim feel dependent on them for care, validation, causing a strong attachment or bond. And it can occur in romantic relationships, families, friends, and work relationships, but it always involves a narcissist. And it can be psychological, physical, sexual, and the person may feel that it's impossible for them to leave. There is a power imbalance. So like we said, it it could be one of the partners in a relationship. It could be your parents. It could be your boss. It could be uh, a friend. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to leave that relationship because you're afraid or you feel like you can't function without them. They've set you up to feel that way. The victim feels controlled to the point that the person no longer knows how to resist or break free. Okay, so who is at risk? Well, it's often people with relational and emotional trauma, and they are targeted by the perpetrators in a trauma bond. It's common for abusers to seek out strong, driven, educated, and independent thinkers so that they can make themselves feel superior and finally break them down. Like I said, you have the people that are already that have been traumatized. They find them easy targets, but they like going after the 
difficult, as you put it, targets as well. And they just feel really great about themselves for being able to take somebody and break them down just to pieces. And I think it's fascinating, if that's the right term to use, that these narcissists, these people that uh, attach themselves to you, go after people that are intelligent. It just goes to show what we said earlier, that it can happen to anybody. Their egos are just so fragile. At the end of the day, these are just, well, they'll get me started, but I'm going to just get it off my chest, like fragile little toddlers mm -hmm. that are having temper tantrums all the time mm -hmm. with, they don't care about anybody else but themselves. Right. And we should actually do a, we can do a whole thing on, on what a narcissist is. Oh, we will. Oh, <laughs> like I think it's one of those words that have been overused. So if someone's doing something you don't like, many people now are like, oh, they're just a narcissist. No, they disagree with you. Hmm. It takes the, the power and the meaning out of the word. So when you do call someone or someone is labeled a narcissist, it's so watered down. It's like, well, yeah, isn't everybody? Do you, do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. So we're going to try never to use the word things like narcissist and triggers and stuff like that unless it absolutely fits. Okay, so getting back to who's at risk. People with dependent personalities, uh, also known as dependent personality disorder, are at risk. And these are people that feel the need to be taken care of. And anyone who puts value on the good times and is quick to forgive. And I think we know at least a couple people in their family that are like that, you know, good time, Charlie. And, you know, let's not talk about the bad stuff because the, the fun stuff will happen again. Right. And the fun stuff is usually kind of twisted, yeah. <laughs> you know, it involves what getting hammered and, you know, sometimes doing risky behaviors and, you know, there's nothing wrong with going out and having a few drinks, but this is kind of what it boiled down to. Right. And it's, and it's with the same people. Yes. Like yes. we, we didn't need a lot of friends in this family. There was enough people in the family to make it the party all the time. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. So that's then very it's, true. so then it's just encapsulated and, and, and it just, it's like a big abscess. <laughs> well, no, no, it's true. Cause I look back when I was 17, 18, 19, um, my bond of friends were my elders my three elder four elders because yep. uh, I'm the youngest in the family they were my social life and they were totally cool with embrace or bringing you into it oh absolutely and letting you and just encouraging you to do all the 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 shit that was you know there's experimenting with stuff and then there's like let's get down and party yeah and instead of looking out for you Right. They were like, come on in and join in on this. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's someone that are people that are at risk are the, the people that put the value on the good times, etc. And anyone with a history of being abused in childhood or past relationships. Okay. So this is a perfect time to talk about the seven stages of trauma bonding. The first one, love bombing. Just the title. It is... It is the perfect title or the name for what this is. When, the first time I heard it, I was like, yes, that's what it's called. Love bombing. Because that's what these people do. And this is not a positive term. No, no. It's they shower you with gifts and praise and and it's intense. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll whine and dine you and tell you you're the best and really be like we have a future together and it's all about us against the world that kind of thing 
it's all about setting you up for control. Oh, that's exactly what it is. Master manipulators. Yes. It's usually between the perpetrator. I don't know. I can't think of a, what, can you think of a better word than perpetrator? Well, that's what they are. Yeah. And the victim. But it can also involve other people surrounding the couple. So you go on about, oh my God, I met this great guy or gal. You're not going to believe how amazing they are. And then they start charming the family and maybe the kids and the friends. And they're like, yes, he's amazing. She's amazing. Oh, that's interesting. Because when they're taking control, usually part of control is separating you from family members and friends and things like that. So they're, they're working you from the opposite end. So that when you start having problems and you want to turn to your family, they're going to be like, well, what are you talking about? He's a great great. guy or she's a great gal. And they can also suss out a strong family or more of a weak family, vulnerable people within this. It's like, oh, maybe I can get them to work with me against other than against me. Right. There was a, a doctor. He was from Italy. I just watched a documentary on him and he suckered in this, um, this uh, newswoman, this journalist, she was very high end. And that's exactly what he did is he love bombed her and all the family around. And they were all shocked when shit hit the fan. So that's what this reminds me of. Wish I could think of the name anyway. So they subtly set the stage for an abusive dynamic. So this allows the abuser to prey on the victim's emotions, deep hopes, desires, and dreams. For instance, look what I can do for you, offer you, and no one else can or will love you as much as I do. The victim lets their guard down and they trust the abuser's attentions. And this fosters positive feelings and validation, proving that the abuser has good intentions and providing a sense of stability and security. So this is all happening with the love bombing. Next stage is trust and dependency. The abuser may purposefully test the victim's trust and dependency on them, usually leading to the target or the victim feeling guilty for questioning their partners in whatever way, whether it's their behavior. Well, I guess it it would be their behavior. And you get grief blaming you for not appreciating all that they've done for you. And the love bombing stage is critical to set up the dependency stage. So how dare I say... You're always throwing your clothes on the th- on the floor. Okay, well, the clothes are on the floor, but, you know, I pay the bills and I drive you and pick you up. I do all this stuff and you just can't let this go? You can't do this little thing for me? Devaluation. Yeah. Yeah. Next stage is criticism. Once they get your trust and loyalty, the abusers start to criticize things about you. Behaviors, how you dress or eat or anything. Everything is fair game to them. And... Your feelings are either insignificant or problematic. Mm -hmm. And it's most noticeable during a verbal argument or disagreement. The abuser blames the partner and the victim over apologizes for something that's not their fault. Okay. So you, let's, you can think of anything. Oh, I can think of a few things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Recognizing some of the signs, justifying or defending the abuser. Yeah. You constantly think about people who hurt you. You still want to help them. Yep. And you're not willing to leave. You cover up the abuser's behavior. 
Yep. Because they have shamed you. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, the devaluation of you. Mm-hmm. These all things. There's no positive reinforcement here. There's there's nothing. Well, there is positive reinforcement to the negative, if that makes right. any sense, right? They're positive reinforcing bad behaviors, which is this crazy upside down world mm-hmm. where if you behave well when I'm admonishing you, mm-hmm. I'm positively reinforcing to you what it takes to get me back in your favor. Oh, well put. Yeah. Well put. So that one I'm going to have to listen to again. That was really <laughs> well done. No, yeah. that was really well done. You know, um, so thank you. So that's, that's, that's a, a part of what's happening here. The victim may start to think, well, he loves me and he forgives me. I'm saying he, but she. Uh-huh. Sorry for questioning you. Um, you're right. You want what's best for me. So during the criticism phase, okay, I said this. I upset you. I over-apologize. You forgive me. You do love me. Uh-huh. You forgave me. Uh-huh. Trauma bonds are rooted in a person's innate need for attachment yeah. and security. Yep. And and someone in a trauma bond might also show signs of PTSD, like you mentioned earlier, Case. Yep. And that's a good victim. Well, when we're all done this, I would like, I was wondering if you could sort of talk a little bit about, or as much as you want, about the trauma bond that you had with okay. uh, your ex, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. We can maybe hit on some of these points. So this back and forth of harsh criticism and over-apologizing is the foundation for the trauma bond. Four, stage four, manipulation and gaslighting. That's another word, gaslighting. That's overused. Again, I disagree with you or whatever. Oh, you're gaslighting me. You don't even know what it really means. Mm -hmm. Gaslighting is emotional abuse. That's, That's the short version of it. You are intentionally distorting the truth in order to manipulate another person to think, feel, or behave in a certain way. To get a person to doubt themselves and not to trust their own perceptions. This makes them easier to control. Again, I call this crazy making. I went through this with my mother all the time. Right. She, I'll just give a quick example. We're going to talk about uh, the parent um, level. But she would be completely out of her mind, had been taking lots of opiates and drinking. And then she would come at me and say, why did you do this? And I hadn't done anything. It just was out of the blue. Why did you do this? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you did this and this, and now you're arguing with me. What? What did I do? And then it turns into like, okay, you know what? You're right. I did do that. And I'm sorry. And still I'm wondering what exactly, it hasn't even been told to me really what I've been done. So now I'm apologizing. Because I just want this to end. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, did I do something? Mm-hmm. And that's your perfect example. And mm-hmm. she was doing that to me when I was in my 20s and 30s. Yes. Still, right? Like, yes. this isn't necessarily something that happened to me as a kid. As an adult, I'm like, because I still want to try to make this work with right. my mother. Exactly. And even in that time, I'm like, huh, I'll placate her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to keep them quiet and to leave you alone. And you, and until I started looking into all the stuff, I started to go, oh, I can, this is a real thing and I can actually put a title to it. Yes, that's an excellent point because I didn't realize that I was suffering from a trauma bond with my ex-husband until I started doing research. I knew I wasn't in a happy relationship, 
I knew exactly that, but I didn't know what to do with it and how to deal with it until I started getting help. And you probably, did you, I, I can't speak for you, but did you just start feeling like more and more like, I, I use the word crazy all the time because I can't think of a better term for all of this madness. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a cumulative term of all these different feelings, but did you like really feel like you were losing your mind? Yes, because if you're told on a constant basis that you're not worthy, you're, to use your term case, you're crazy. Um, you start to believe these things and you believe that abuser. And it's very difficult to get out of that. And because it's being drummed in into your mind. Over and over and over again. Exactly. And then if you start to think, like, I don't know, like for me, I'm like, if I start to think independently of that, I'm like, but what if, but what if, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Two huge words. What if? Yeah. So moving forward, the gaslighters never take responsibility for their own actions. Right. They shift blame. They're masters at shifting blame. And they're, uh, I just thought of something. They are gathering like a storm, like a hurricane, so much energy. Mm -hmm. That's creating so much more energy. And them knowing that they've got you right where they want you. Mm -hmm. They see you hurting. They see you feeling like vulnerable. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is great. So as you're getting more and more tired and beating down from this, they're gra like they're energy sucking yes. that from you. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, you're just fine. All right. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but not to be all doom and gloom, we do and we will be talking about um, that we're capable of breaking these cycles and there is, there is hope. Because, oh yeah. I mean, cause we've done is, it. This is, we, we have, we're yeah. doing it. And cause this is really heavy and this is very heavy for me. And I know it's heavy for you too, Kays. I think, I think it's heavy for us in different ways. Yeah. Um, cause I, I see how you react to it versus how I react to it. Yeah. See, I get like, and passionate and I get right to it, <laughs> but I know that I'm on the other side and that's why I'm so directed with my energy, but your energy is very different from mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like how, do, how is like, where are you at with this? With the trauma bond? Well, like I'm like, Rah! and you're like, but we can heal. And I'm like, but we have, but, uh, and you're yeah. like, but wait, <laughs> no, we're because so it's, different that no, way. because it's behind me. Yeah. And I've been in a healthy relationship and a loving relationship mm -hmm. for 23 years. Yeah, yeah. And you know that there's hope and, and, and it's out there. And whether you're in another relationship or on your own, surrounded by your loved ones, whoever they may be, yeah, you're still out of it. Right. Yes. And you can be out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like we're saying, the, the gaslighters, and this is the one of the ones that make me crazy, seem calm, cool, and rational once they have pushed the victim to the breaking point. Mm -hmm. So you may be like losing it. And they're like, oh, see, see what I'm talking about? Yeah, I told you you were crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And fighting back or challenging the abuser is futile because you can never, in quotes, win. Because it's about winning for them. Yes. And it's about survival for us. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. And, and part of the healing process with this is when you don't take the bait, right? You oh. know that you've gotten, you're moving past it when you're just, they can dangle the juiciest carrot in front of you and you're like, nope. Well, yeah, we're, 
that's just getting, a, a small part. But. It is a small part because we're getting ahead of ourselves because talking about that and when you're going through your um, therapy and all of those things to help you heal, they hate that oh. because you're getting confidence. They'll, you're starting to understand their behavior. Because they very may, may well be like, you need to go get some help yeah. thinking that you're not going to call the bluff. Yes. You go get help and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Um, so the victim defends themselves against the abuser. So a, a reactive abuse is a, this under this whole title of things. And the victim defends themselves against the abuser and then is accused of being the abuser. Mm -hmm. And then they feel extremely guilty afterwards. And then they further question themselves and lose their identity even more. The gaslighter seeks to isolate the victim from anyone or anything that gives them a sense of reassurance, normalcy, and or independence. There you go. The next part here is resignation and giving up. The victim will give up to avoid more conflict. And there is a term called fawn or fawning. And it's an adaptive survival response to prolonged or complex trauma. They are placating or pleasing the abuser to re reduce their volatility and abusiveness towards themselves or other loved ones. Because this is when they start to really get into it. Whereas not only is it that they're going to hurt me, now they're threatening. Or there's this threat that could hurt my child. Or, you know, another loved one. My parents, my friends, my... But mostly they like to, if you have a child they'll focus right in on the on that child uh -huh. whether it's their child or not yeah it's, it's someone that be in a relationship that that necessarily isn't that father or that mother or whatever if you're yeah. abusing someone who is protecting someone yes now the person being protective is indirectly being abused as well yeah there's this 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 thing i learned uh from from anna that's uh mary's mary's my my wife in case you haven't listened to uh stat or anything like that but uh her twin sister, Anna, is a flight attendant or flight director now. And she posed this question to me. If on a flight, if the oxygen mask dropped down, do you put it on your child or you put it on yourself? I say, I put it on my child. That was my ori original. But it's like, no, you cannot save that little kid if you're unconscious. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're like... You're putting the oxygen on the kid, not on yourself, right? Uh -huh. And then now they're they're the indirect victim. Oh, nice, nicely um, put. <laughs> thank you. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. So, the victim becomes more dependent on the abuser to avoid further conflict, and this is when it gets really scary. Again, Lassa, I watched another true crime, <laughs> true crime show last night, but it's it's true. It's a woman that was being victimized by her psychopath husband who turned into being like this horrible killer. And he was doing all of this to her. Uh -huh. And then when she was at the point where it was looking like it was all going to blow up, he's like, Oh, come on, sweetheart, let's get married. I promise everything's going to be fine from here on out. Let's start over. So when you're married, now you're attached to this person and it's very hard to get away. Then let's have some kids. Cause once kids are involved, they're attached to you forever. And that's their bargaining piece, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm watching, and this is what we're saying here. The victim becomes more dependent and then they get married, having children or becoming completely financially reliant. Yes. You have your own bank accounts. Yeah. Now, well, let's just have one. Mm -hmm. And now you don't have any access to it. Mm 
they don't leave for fear of safety for themselves and loved ones. There is a fear of escalation of physical and psychological violence, which can lead to can become deadly. The next one is loss of self. It's a progressive loss of self, pain and disconnection from the world they once knew and loved. Trauma bonds are extremely isolating. The people, the victims lose connections with family and friends and the abused is a shell of their former selves. There's extreme psychological abuse that leads to a complete lack of confidence, giving up and sometimes suicidal ideation. Emotional torture, shame and guilt is, has built up over the years and it's difficult to get away and move forward away from the abuser. The final part is addiction to the cycle. So let's kind of just quickly talk about this cycle. So you have all the shit that's been going on. It's over and over again. We've gone through all the stages and there's a big conflict and there's a cool down period or a honeymoon period. And then there's peace. The abuser may apologize and love bomb the person again. And then the victim feels relief and loved, which then positively reinforces the dependency. And then all is well. And then the abuse cycle starts again with all the awful stuff carrying on and getting worse. Well, that's when you see, sorry, Case, that's when you see um, a couple is been in this trauma bond for however long and they have this peace time with each other and it's just more of setting up and unfortunately in a domestic abuse situation you'll find that the male abuser or female abuser has set up their partner and then that's when things can really go south like you said um they're harmed physically harmed it could cause their life cost them their life and that's where you have to beware it's like a tsunami it's like yep it's setting itself up it's coming in it's coming in and you may find that i mean this is something that you you that you know you've seen or or heard about where say the abuser beats the other person mm-hmm. and then they there's a period in between and then that person may cry and say, I promise, I promise, I promise. Mm-hmm. And now they've cried and they said they're, they're promised. And now this person is in such the deep of the trauma bond. They're like, they really do love me. And I know they really want to try because maybe they're in their brain. They're going back to the love bombed area, hoping that that person yeah. is really deep inside. Meanwhile, that was that manipulator just building their, you know, bu- building this, this whole evil well, yeah, <laughs> bond. You're, you're- we're going back to recognizing the signs, justifying and, and, and defending your abuser. Um, you're not willing to leave, like I said earlier. Um, you, you cover up the abuser's behavior. And people sometimes think that the other people around them don't notice it, but they do because you're, no you're no longer the same. And, and conversely, the abuser may have this other trick up their sleeve. So they may shut down, become avoidant, withhold love and affection and attention. And then this 
pressures or forces the victim to apologize? Well, here's an unpopular fact. Unpopular. Agreeing to things just to keep the peace is actually a trauma response. A lot of people don't understand when people do this, but it's usually because they've never felt like their own voice was valid. So to avoid confrontation, they keep their mouth shut and will often do things they aren't even comfortable with. Yep. Many people who appear to be easygoing are people that have had traumatic ba traumatic backgrounds. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's so easy to be around, so easygoing. Well, that's, you. they may be. Yeah. Or a lot of the times it may be because exactly what you just said there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when responsibility and blame is placed back on the victim, they go to extremes to get the abuser back. The victim is falsely given a sense of control and they draw conclusions that the abuser must really love them, reinforcing the victim to blame. Uh -huh. So there you have it. <laughs> Jesus. No, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of, uh, one of the biggest issues is that people who have never been traumatized think that the circumstances surrounding your trauma are issues like mommy was mean to me a couple of times. When in reality, the person who was traumatized was systematically denied the opportunity to develop like a normal person. Yep. Like a functional person. Because we were too busy surviving. Aren't they lucky that they can be so judgmental, these people, right? They never having experienced, or I'm assuming never having experienced trauma, like what a great view to have mm -hmm. where you can look down and say, well, look at you. You're mm -hmm. just a big whiner. Mm -hmm. When they may have been so privileged as to not have to gone through this. But then here comes the, Where's their compassion? <laughs> right. But on the flip side to that case, having discussions with friends about our podcast, and when I told them what this subject was going to be about, a lot of people never heard of what a trauma bond was. And it was wonderful to talk to my friends about it and what I'd gone through and them wanting to hear more about it and wanting to understand me and what I went through. So in their defense, they didn't know what it was, but they were willing to learn. But you have some great friends. Yeah. These aren't the people that are saying to you, well, what do you have to bitch and moan about? Right. Oh, it must, oh you have daddy issues or mommy issues or whatever. Mm -hmm. but you have the kind of friends that want to want to understand you, mm -hmm. want to support you, want to be there, want to learn themselves. Mm -hmm. And maybe they want to be educated because maybe it's something that hits home with them too. Hopefully not, but it could Hopefully definitely not. Yeah. I didn't know about trauma bonding until I went to Homewood mm -hmm. uh, in case you guys aren't aware or know what that is. It's a, it's a, a PT. Well, it's, it's a hospital in um, a rehab sort of hospital in, in Guelph, Ontario here. One of the best ones. And one of the programs they run there is, probably the best in Canada for uh, treating people with uh, PTSD among other illnesses. And um, I didn't, when I went through this, I didn't know what the word trauma bond was. 
then the psychiatrist said it to me and I went, I must have like jumped up and hit the ceiling. I was like, that's what it is. <laughs> that is all of it. Yeah. Uh, that is all the stuff I could not put into words. Right. A billion things in my head and it was summed up with two words, trauma bond. Yeah. Whoa. And it really hit home. Resonated Oh with my you. God. I was yeah. like, so there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a big thing for me to learn about because then I could start to put it to bed. Yes. I could start breaking it down. You can define it. Yeah. 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 Um, so when we've, we've talked about this, this is this part one, we're talking about more from, we're talking about what a trauma bond is and the stages, but this relates, um, mostly with relationships, like partner, uh, relationships, not a dynamic within a family. Right that's going to be the next episode right because it can happen through domestic abuse child abuse incest human trafficking yep yep and then we're talking about at work your boss may be holding something over your head and you know you can look at the shit that's gone on in, in hollywood right yes i know that's a big thing to go from like a family to that but it's true you want to make it you're gonna to have to do these humiliating horrible things and if you don't you know, I know this is just a, that's just another example, but this is this is everywhere. Mm-hmm. But is. thankfully, not for everyone. No. And there is, like we said, there is healing that comes comes from this. So we have long term effects from trauma bonds. It impacts a person's attachment style and and can lead to unhealthy relationships. And with that, I I found this little blurb, if you will that I recently learned about a term called glimmer, which essentially is the opposite of a trigger. And glimmers are those micro moments. I love that micro moments <laughs> in your day that make you feel joy, happiness, peace, or gratitude. And just as an aside, I always feel that way with you, Karen, when I'm with you. Oh, and I feel the same way about you. And you're getting you, me all choked up here. <laughs> no, but I do. I really do. And I miss you when you're not with me. And once you train your brain to be on the lookout for glimmers, your little micro moments, the more these tiny moments will begin to appear. I just love that. I get little gooseys. I just when got I... gooseys too. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that when I'm around um, Van and just... That's your son? Yes, my son Van. <laughs> Sorry. And... um sometimes I'll just catch myself smiling because mm-hmm. my face will kind of hurt a little bit. And I'm like, how long have I been sitting here with this look on my face? And then I go, that's what I've been smiling at, but I don't even realize I'm smiling. Yeah. And I'm like, because all this, whatever this is, it's just made me feel so great inside. And it could be anything. It could be a derpy look on my dog's face. It could be me hearing Mary in the other room saying something or, yeah. You know, like Uncle Papa, Stan, <laughs> Uncle Stan upstairs singing one of his crazy tunes. And it's just like what you're saying, those little moments where... Micro moments. Micro moments that are just like compacted, full yes. of joy. Yes. yes. And yes. if we can experience micro mo- moments of happiness, we're okay. Or we're going to be okay. Yeah. Because when you don't feel those... Mm-hmm. You know... Or you don't allow yourself don't to allow feel yourself, those. Don't allow yourself. That's... that's Yes. But I mean, I like to think about those little smiles that come on my face every once in a while. Have you ever seen someone walk by and they're smiling? Yeah. And you're like, I want in on that. Yeah. Yeah. What are you laughing about? You laughing Did you just about? tell yourself a joke you never heard before? You know, this is going to sound weird, but this is one of these things that I, I noticed that I was m- watching in people. 
if I see two people talking or have they've engaged in some, you know, discourse back and forth or, um, or conversation, not discourse. And if they're smiling when they walk away, I'll watch them and I'll see how long that smile lasts on their face. Oh, that's cute. And if no, but if the smile drops right away, Ooh. it's like, like whatever's going on, there. like, or it was just someone like was putting on a mask to try to get through the day. Right. Or they were just, you know, okay. Yeah. Uh, or what. And, but I, when I see that person smiling for a while as they're walking, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Well, it's also like you're out in a public place and I like to smile at people. I, I do just too. do. <laughs> and I'm always interested to see what the reaction is. If they'll smile back. And sometimes I'd like to say that more times than any, they will smile. They They'll will. get caught off guard a little bit because they think, mm-hmm. okay, what are you smiling about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they'll Crazy smile lady. back, you know? I think most of the time people will smile yeah. back. And if yeah. they don't, they may be in their own head somewhere. Yeah. Not even like seeing you, right? True enough. Um, True enough. So yeah. So I don't know if there's anything more you want to add to this episode. No, I don't think so. Um, we always like to try to end our um, episodes with recovery and healing, but we're going to go into more detail on that. I believe in part two of episode yep. two yep. case, you're going to take the, how to break a trauma bond mm-hmm. on. Um, we're going to talk about this. I'm really excited about what does a trauma bond with a narcissist look like? <laughs> oh, don't do it. Okay. Shall we do it together? Dun, 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 dun. No, I was just looking at the big grin. <laughs> we're like, you know, oh, it's so dark, but it's not. It's like, yeah. we're so excited about talking about trauma bonds. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but we're talking about it because some people don't want to. And because, like, we can talk about it from the other side. So it's like, all right, let's get into this. Let's talk about it. And you know what the beautiful thing is, is that we have come out on the other side Mm -hmm. and we want to encourage you. And maybe if you pick up a little thing from this and go, oh shit, maybe it'll help you. Maybe you pick up a micro moment. Maybe you get a (laughs) glimmer. There you go. Those are like little glimmers. They're glimmers, okay. <laughs> Not to be mistaken for uh, that sparkles that you glitter? get. Glitter? Glitter. Oh, yeah. Glitter? No, no. Glitter is hell. Yeah. Glimmer is beautiful. Yeah. Kays, you were awesome today. I'm sorry, It you. was great uh, listening to what you had to say. And It's a combined effort. It, it absolutely is. It is a joint effort, and, and, and I love it. And it's not an effort. It's not an effort at all. It's a joy. It is. Like I said, uh, I, I put out my last episode or for a while episode for my podcast, a stat. And we're just talking about how this new project is um, a labor of love, if you want to call it a labor, and it's not going to be easy. But then some parts of it is easy. Uh-huh. A lot of it is because, well, again, we need to talk about this stuff. Next episode, we're going to talk about the trauma bond from a, a a parental point of view, a caregiver point of view. And that's what's up next. And then we'll talk about the healing, like uh, Brenda said, and, and uh, what there may be out there. And of course, we're not gonna be able to list a, anywhere near what's out there. But what we what we what we know and what we can see, and what we have seen. And the healing, or what we have done for ourselves for our healing. We're not telling you what to do. We're just 
showing you some avenues that you can go down and hopefully you can get something out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Please join us on the Facebook group. It's that. Oh, my God. I've still got my other podcast in my head. Let's try that again. Okay. Please join us on. You know what the problem is? They both start with S-T-A. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please join us on the Facebook group Stable and Able Pod. It is a private group, but everybody's welcome to join as long as you're not a psychopath and saying terrible things. And we'll boot you before you even know what hit you. The other thing is please email us. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, suggestions, and you can email us at stableandablepod, all one word, no capitals, at gmail.com. Same with Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Please um, comment or uh, on this episode. Tell us how you feel and just, you know, make some suggestions about subjects that you'd like to see us cover in the future. Mm-hmm. So let's take the path of healing together. Love yourselves. Love one another. Peace. One love. One, four, three.